Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is October, nope, September 29th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, don't dream it, be it by Dr. Frankenfurter, Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, we are drinking Basic Witch right now as we welcome in the autonomous season. I'm going to be really honest. When it comes to just, like, classic, stereotypical welcome in the fall, it's just Basic Witch. It just is. It's just pumpkin spice. Like, sorry, not sorry, but it's just... I mean, it's cinnamon, ginger, and clove, and all these great things. Like, how can you be mad at it, you know? Anyways, <laughs> I am such a big PSL fan, and I was actually really, really frustrated about it coming so soon, you know, because it, like, came back when it was still ungodly 100 degrees out, and it felt like such a laugh in the face. It's like, ha ha ha, it should be nice and cool, but it's not. And I just did not <laughs> like it. Uh, but today is actually like our first cool day. And when I say cool, I mean like we're in the low 80s, you know. And oh, now I just wish for anything I had a pumpkin spice latte. But um, even though I can't have that right now, what I can do is brew myself up a, a lovely little pumpkin spice tea and give myself a little splash of vanilla oat milk. And I am just a happy, happy little camper. So I personally think it's ideal for the dark half of the year. It has black tea, cinnamon, ginger, cloves, cardamom, oof, cardamom, and marigold. So I actually uh, related to all of this. I was lucky enough to go to the New Orleans Coffee Festival uh, this past weekend. And oh gosh, I had such a great time. First, I got the VIP ticket because it was only $30 and it came with a swag bag. And I was like, I need to know what's in that bag. Like I love free things. So I got myself a little swag bag and I'm so happy I went. I went to every booth and I got literally every sample. I got anything that was free. Sticker, mine. Recipe cards, mine. Coffee, mine. So I was just like a little freebie monster for the two hours I was there. And they had classes. I took a class about how to incorporate coffee into food and recipes and how to pair them. And that was a lot of fun. But there was a coffee that had cardamom. It was a cardamom coffee. And that was really neat. And it's definitely something I'm thinking about here when I'm thinking about our cardamom and our tea. 
also, they had tea companies too. And that was really nice, right? Because even though I'm very, very satisfied with the quality of ingredients that I get for our teas, you know, there are some gaps that the uh, distributor or not distributor, I guess, manufacturer, uh, that we currently use, there are some gaps in like their products, right? That maybe they don't have it or when they do have it, it's like super expensive, this certain herb or certain spice. And so that was really nice. Cause now I can look at this company and be like, okay, do you fill in those gaps? And that was really neat. So I, I had a really nice time and it was so cool to just see how coffee played into all of these different things. I also think I might be in someone's YouTube video. We'll find out. <laughs> but it was a good time. Um, anyways, I just wanted to share that uh, going into the fall season, we're going to be getting so much more into spices, right, with our food. Even if you don't cook, the food around you is going to get much more interesting spice-wise. And yeah, so it just seemed like a perfect thing to mention. All right, so moving into some headlines, this one is just fun, right? So I'm always a little interested about how mainstream talks about us, right? This came up in our Facebook group where someone had posted... Um, oh, this headline you read said uh, Wiccan Bible, but there's no such thing as a Wiccan Bible because there's no, there's no, it's not Christian. I was like, and I was kind of like, I think you're just taking it way too literal. <laughs> uh, you know, when we, you know, when, when people call Cosmo a Bible, they're not talking about a literal Bible. And when witches say Bible, they're not talking about a literal Bible, right? Um, and I said, also, it could easily just be how the mainstream media who wrote the article is interpreting what the person was saying, right? So I never really take what mainstream says, like, for word for word batum, because I know it's through a lens of misunderstanding. So I saw this article and I was like, this is a great opportunity for us to see how we're being perceived. And this is actually from the from today.com, which I think is the Today Show, but today.com. And it says, are witches real? Everything to know about their history, facts versus fiction, and more. And I was just curious. So this was written by Sarah Lemire. And basically, Sarah talks about the pop culture with movies, books, and the widespread idea of witches, especially as we enter into the fall season and October. So I'm going to be honest, ever since I was a little child, I have been seeing articles just once a year called Are Witches Real? And you, 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 you never know what you're going to get. This person says yes and no. Yes, they're real, but no, they're not. And I'm like, oh, okay. So... Love, love the respect. <laughs> so they quote Deborah Blake, who says your average witch is just somebody who lives next to you and has this spiritual practice you don't know about. And then they write, unlike the ability to worship freely that many religions enjoy today, the kind of spiritual practices that Blake is referring to were once the basis of persecution resulting in deaths of thousands of innocent men and women in the witch trials that span centuries. Mm, I kind of disagree when you actually look at the history of witch trials. Well, when you look at the history of European witch trials specifically, it it really had nothing to do with a spirituality or religion or, you know what I mean? Uh, it was really... It's not like people were acting as witches as we are today and then being persecuted for it. In reality, it was a very political thing. 
And sure, were some of the midwives? Yes, but it was more because they were women and they were taking away from the like male dominated medical culture, right? So I'm um I'm already a little oof on what they're saying here. Yeah, should this be a segment me just like being really critical <laughs> towards news articles about witches? So, quote, most of the time when people are talking about actual practicing witches today, what they're really talking about are pagans. Not every pagan calls themselves a witch, but a lot of them do work with different kinds of rituals and spells. I I kind of agree with that. Kind of agree. I could get nitpicky um, and say that not all witches are pagans. Um, There is a difference. But I'm not going to get too picky about that. I, I would say that passes. That passes. According to Mar, there are currently a million practicing pagans in the U.S. And part of what draws some of them into the religion. And that is a departure from Christian beliefs. And the idea that uh, females are allowed to be spiritual leaders instead of just males. Unlike pop culture depictions, Blake says being a witch is more a religion and spiritual path. It's a way of looking at the world and how you live. It's a nature-based religion. Um, and again, there all these lines, like everything I'm reading here, they 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 get a pass, but there's like a little inkling where I'm like, mm, that's like not wholly true, you know. But it's getting enough of a pass. So I guess what I would say is, does this article like pass? I would say, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's correct enough, <laughs> you know. Um, so not too bad. I, I think we're getting better at these Are Witches Real articles. Interesting. But I will post it so you can go check it out. It, it, it It's a really long article. It goes into covens and all of this stuff. Um, but I more just wanted to see of, like, do we agree with what they're saying? And, again, it gets enough of a pass from a mainstream point of view. If actual witches were, like, writing this, I would maybe go, eh, this could be a good time for us to, like, do some nitty-gritty work, you know? Just to, like, uh, gain a more well-rounded idea of what we're talking about. But not too bad. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, September 29th. The full moon reaches its peak in the quick burning fuel of Aries today. Here, the moon opposes the sun in Libra and trines Venus in Leo. The sun and Venus are locked in a mutual reception, with each sitting in the other's house. This creates a special relationship between them where they work to provide for each other's needs. The sun, however, is in its fall in Libra and doesn't have a lot of resources to provide in this space. Thankfully, Venus is warm and generous in Leo and is happy to do its best to perk up the sun with its trine. The opposition to the moon in Aries can put us in a feisty mood and may put the blinders on us when it comes to consideration of others. 
with the moon's ruler, Mars, in Libra, as much as we want to just get a move on, we may feel compelled to wait for others to catch up. This can be a frustrating day, as even though we are putting love and light into the world, we are struggling to be seen and appreciated and to get that warmth back. Your daily moon mantra is, your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. From the pages of Which Way Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olive Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olive Blake is a New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist by Olive Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, witches, we are back. So it is Friday, and if we're not doing a series or it's not something super specific, we do something what I call the encyclopedia game, where I take one of my wonderful encyclopedias that has a wealth of information on uh, parapsychology and the paranormal and witchiness, and I do a random number generator and see if we can learn something new together. So let's see. We got page 654. And this one's interesting. This is a really long one, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to see what we end up with. So the entry name is called Identity. Super curious. The identity of spirit communicators is a comparatively modern problem. In olden times, every spirit voice was considered the voice of God or of the devil. The prophets communed with God, mediums communed with spirits. God could not be asked to prove his identity, but the spirits would have to. John the Apostle said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. It has been generally admitted that in the seances of Mrs. Piper, far better evidence of identity has been adducted over and over again than any ordinary telephone conversation with someone living could provide. However, the argument of the opponents of the spirit hypothesis is basically that in the latter case, we know that an intelligent operator is present. We do not have to prove that. But in the former case, we have to prove the very existence of the intelligent operator, hence the standard of evidence that must be far higher. So this is a really interesting thing they're talking about. So from what I gather, they're talking about how when mediums connect to a spirit, they uh, have to ask for a lot of proof. Proof of who are you? What's your identity? Give us Proof, 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 proof. And there's kind of this conversation of like, well, we don't make people 
prove their identity when we're communicating with them over the phone. And remember, this would have been a long time ago. So, so it's not like today where everyone's just programmed into your phone. You would just call and there'd be a voice and you'd be like, I think this is who I'm talking to. And um, so they're saying, why do we request such intense proof from spirits, but not people? And they're basically saying, well, when we talk to someone on the phone, we know for sure that is somebody else other than us we're having a conversation with. But when it's spirits, we don't actually know that to be true. And I think this is really interesting. What kind of evidence can stand the supreme test? A.N. Axkoff, the well-known Russian spiritualist, said in despair, Absolute proof of spirit identity is impossible to obtain. We must be content with relative proof. The critical spirit of Professor Charles Richet echoed the same opinion. We talked about him last time. Oh my gosh. Look at Richet just making his rounds. So, yes. So, Maxkoff, this spiritualist, just said, you, you, you can prove it and you have to be content with that. Sorry. And then Roche agreed. He said subjective metaphysics will always be radically in, uh, incapable of proving survival. According to Sir Oliver Lodge, the question of identity and spirit communication could be established by gradually accumulated internal evidence based on careful record and cross correspondences or the reception of unintelligible parts of one consistent and coherent message though through different mediums by information on criteria especially characteristic of the supposed communicating intelligence and if possible in some sense new to the world so Roche and Askakov so Askakov is a well-known spiritualist and Roche, if we remember, was, like, the president of, like, the research for, like, psychic phenomena, essentially. They're just being, like, you can't prove it. Sorry. Like, get used to it. That's kind of <laughs> to sum it up. Whereas uh, Sir Oliver Lodge, who I'm not sure who he is here, but he's basically saying, no, we can prove it. He's, like, we can prove it by um, making, uh, by, like, comparing information through different mediums. If different mediums um are pulling the same information the same problems the same problems in communication the same evidence then no we can prove it and this has been like the problem of all times when it comes to spiritualism or, or parapsychology or just witchcraft right it and and why have there been like dozens and dozens of ghost hunting shows on tv and yet we never get like proof right and this is like again the problem that is of time is that how can you prove it how i don't know if you can as someone who's been a witch since i was like 16 i and i'm now 34 I'm going to be honest with everything I've said or not. I've said I've seen I've personally experienced I've seen of other people. I genuinely don't think we'll ever get proof that will satisfy the world. And I kind of agree with Roche and Axkakov. I think we just have to be content with that. 
And it reminds me, if anyone has seen the show The OA from Netflix, I haven't watched season two, and I don't, I don't really care to. I think season one was just perfect the way it was. But the whole idea of this show is that there's a bunch of misfits who are coming together and hearing the survival tale of a girl who went missing and who has reappeared. And she's telling them this incredible story of uh, other people and powers and experiences and out-of-body experiences and spiritual and all this stuff. And throughout the series, you're kind of given a little evidence that makes you think, oh, is she just making it up? And then you're given a little evidence that goes, mm, maybe she's not. And at the end of the series, there's this big thing that happens. I won't say a big thing that happens. And the whole series ends with you still not knowing if everything she said was true. And I really loved that. I loved it because that's life, right? You either have faith and you believe or you are critical and you're unsure. But it's not like there's going to be a day where your life is over and you're handed a list of everything that you were right about and wrong about, right? You just have faith. That's just life. And so I kind of agree that like we have to find contentment and we have to find peace with the idea that there's some things we just cannot prove. And if we let that drive us to the ends of madness, what life is that, right? So have faith, have faith in your beliefs, in your spirituality, and practice it wholeheartedly. And don't worry about if some dude's on a YouTube channel or in lab coats, like agree, you know? So they continue, um, ingenuous efforts to furnish proof have been variously made in sealed test books, newspaper tests, and cross-references. The human element of the problem is well il illustrated by an amazing experiment by Sir Oliver Lodge as told to by Dennis Bradley in his book, The Wisdom of Gods, 1925. Lodge has 12 children who sat around him at the table. Now let's play a game, he says. You will pretend that I am dead, and you cross-examine me as to whether I am your father or not. Ask me all the questions you think would prove it. For an hour, they asked him about things of his past life and theirs, and he couldn't remember one of the things he asked. So he says, that proves I'm not me. I'm not your father. That is a really wonderful way to kind of prove his point. Lodge has a lot of my respect now. I hope he was a cool guy, and I don't regret saying that. <laughs> the communicator in a spiritualist seance is mostly in the background. He acts like a prompter to the theater. The automatic script or trance speech delivered through the medium seldom represents his own hand or his own voice. The medium's or organic organicness acts like a freshly painted sieve it tints whatever it lets through bias i talk about that all the time bias we we will always have bias besides communication is an art in itself and has its own inherent difficulties 
direct voice seances, materialization is good, light, lifelike personification of the departed. Yeah. Ugh. What a great kind of conversation about this. Yeah, I guess um, I really like Lodge's experience, uh, I guess, exercise where he had all his children sit around him and go, okay, make me prove I'm me. And when there was one question, he just couldn't answer because he just didn't remember, uh, I guess, whatever happened. He said, okay, proof. I'm not me. I'm not your father. And that's really powerful. Anyways, I loved this conversation today. I hope you did as well. And we are wrapping up this episode of The Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to Ashley Solomon. Ashley, you fancy glorious vampire. Nessa S., you beautiful celestial muskox. And Emily Cresswell, you transcendent tenacious gnome. Thank you three so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And our card today from Dark Magic Oracle is Cocoon. When Cocoon appears, it's time to retreat into yourself in the layers of deep, deep contemplation and consider your source. Step away from your day-to-day concerns and investigate your origins. Do you know your ancestors, who deeply resonates with you in this moment? Our physical lineage bears weight in our journey. It's baggage that we unpack when needed or that someone weighs us down with. Life is not a straight line, but circles like the rings of a tree. We grow a new ring every year that tells our story and shares our strengths. Daily practice. Carry bloodstone, which is aligned with regenerative life energies and our DNA. Drink cacao to honor your roots and place a photo of one of your ancestors in your bag or pocket with a sprig of rosemary for remembrance. All right, witches, a little housekeeping. We have witch chat tonight. So if you're in that tier of the Patreon, we will sit and just gab about um, whatever stuff we're in the mood to talk about. And that's it. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Bye. Witches. We hope you have a wonderful day, full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.